All right, folks, you know what time it is. It's time for an ad for Overcast. Overcast is an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. As always, you can get it for free on the App Store. Hey, Dame. What's up? We got a couple special guests popping on here. Oh, wow. This is exciting. We got Paige May and Monica Trinidad. What are y'all doing here? Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> so not only are these two of our favorite people, these are also two Ergo alum, but they came together and made one of the best, most dynamic shows in our landscape, The Lit Review. What's up, hey. y'all? Hey, what's up? For, for those who haven't listened, what do y'all do over there at The Lit Review? So we started this podcast shortly after Trump won the election. And Monica and I are both longtime community organizers who, if you know anything about that kind of work, it means you don't have a ton of time, but that study is really important. And so we created a podcast where we would interview organizers, friends, and people that we love and trust about the books that have influenced them to learn more about the books that we can use in the movement and how we can actually apply the things that are in those books to the work that we're doing in our community. And a lot of the episodes really are focusing on how uh, political study is not very accessible to a lot of people. So, you know, there's like uh, a lot of academic jargon and a lot of books that are important books, right? But just really hard to dive into, especially when we're organizing nonstop. So we just really wanted a space to collectively reflect together um, as co-organizers, as community, um, and just like reflect through and work through key concepts and, and vocab and just like nerd out on like super big ideas that we're that we're struggling with sounds great we're a fan of a nerd out yeah always shout out to a nerd out so i can almost guarantee you know what i'm not gonna almost i'm gonna guarantee if you are here listening to ergo that you would deeply benefit from also going out and checking out the work of the lit review that is such a powerful resource that y'all are gifting us with and we're really grateful and we want to send as many of our folks over there after they listen to all our episodes five times <laughs> where can folks find the show you can find our podcasts anywhere that podcasts are available um, you can visit us at thelitreview.org uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud on Apple Podcasts and Spotify uh, you can also find us on our Patreon and find some really good merch there if you want to support our podcast on a monthly basis uh, it's at patreon.com uh, thelitreview Angela or Davis or Davis Angela or Davis or Davis Hey buddy, how are you friend? I am good, we are here. We are here for chill. How you doing? I'm good. I'm uh I'm committed to being informal. In yeah, right, right. That's what Instagram Live does. It has that type of I'm like not using my podcast voice. I'm not using my podcast brain. Yes, it's the jazz, it's the jazz. So we're here. Thank thank you folks for, for jumping in. We're chopping it up. Uh just you know. Had, a, had an exciting week uh, talking to the, to the one and only Angela Davis. So we want to kind of reflect on, on that moment. I think probably just do larger reflection. It's kind of a, a culminating moment. So, so we want to, you know, hey. Hey, so, yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're fans of a debrief, I would say, across the board. This is a debrief. This is a this public is a, debrief. A public debrief, which <laughs> we spent like pre-pandemic when we were recording person. We'd spend like an hour recording and then like three to four hours debriefing once the guest had left. Um, so happy to kind of let y'all in on the process. So, Dame, let's just start with, have you, uh, I know you don't listen to the show. Mm -hmm. um, have you listened to any of the clips from this? Or I've listened to a little bit of it. I've listened to a little bit of it. It's, uh, that's strange. That, that's, that's difficult to do. Shout out to Jennifer. She was kind of like playing it out loud. Uh, and I would have to like every five minutes go to the other room. <laughs> every time you ask the question, I yeah. But uh, but no, nah, I mean it's it's still surreal. Um, I'm, I'm with things like this. I'm always like really proud for from for my family and for our community because this is like larger than a a single moment or instance. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I thought we, you especially, but I think we both really tried to bring that in into the conversation one to like know that there would be more people who would hear this in a regular episode so to shout out people make sure they're known but 
also, and it's very true, like there's so many people who we've been in community with who not just like helped us like get the booking, but like had know what to say, know what to ask, the kinds of growth that like both of us personally and then just like communally we've done. We couldn't have had that conversation a year ago, five years ago. Um, and we couldn't have gotten, <laughs> she wouldn't have said yes, is the other thing. It's another one of these weird like um, pandemic realities of of like how how the shit has changed how the way we work um for the for, for many of us who are like living in this this privileged zoom laptop world um how like as things are crumbling around us there's also new ways of connecting i think we're adapting um and so if it was physical i don't know if i would have even been comfortable asking anyone to ask angela davis to come <laughs> talk to us uh, but to, but to get an hour you know on her on her screen uh was more possible and definitely definitely a privilege yeah so how was it different from what you expected if at all <sighs> I, it was she was pretty on brand she was pretty what's up man? <laughs> uh, she was, it's you know, so, so, so that's the that's the, the weird thing about this for me i i, I mean i assume or project kind of like my interest on into everybody else uh, but I've watched hours and hours, hundreds of hours of, of, of footage of, of her speaking in panels and stuff. So like, I met her once before this, but like, there is this like weird, like I kind of know her moves and her, like, I've studied the game film in, in a way. Uh, so it was surreal. It was kind of like playing against Kobe or Michael or something. Um, uh, but but what was what was strange was, this was one of having to be as tight as possible. And so like having to like really be like a, a, a disciplined interviewer, even though that's not my jam at all. And we've gotten worse at it. <laughs> like, like our questions keep getting better and our asking of it, I think keeps getting worse. We keep like longer and longer. Yeah, yeah, like, Cause I want to talk too, man. That's the secret. Was there anything? And I'll, I'm not just trying to interview you. Also, oh yeah, yeah, no. We, we, you saw you saw me slip into that mode. Nah, I'm down. I'm down. Was there anything that you that we asked that you're really glad we asked? Yeah, you know, I mean, certainly all of it. The the way that that it went for those who didn't listen yet, like, was able at the end to do this, like, all a couple of things that was like next, but didn't have time for. I'm really glad to get to that um part about the non nonprofit industrial complex. I think that was a story and framing I had never heard her yeah. say in that type of way. And just like, you know, door to door and grassroots, you know, being able to raise a hundred thousand dollars in 1970s time. Uh, and that, and, and like, she didn't say the like full significance of that, but then she was saying like, so stop relying on grants to like save us, even though we live in this like super inflated hyper economy uh, where the prices are so high to do any like, substantial production um or maintain spaces but yeah that that was just good to to hear her say i think and then oh i don't know what we asked uh but you and i talked about it right after uh um and now i'm forgetting oh, uh, prison industrial complex line that was dope that was dope i was talking uh what was his name was gregory clark i, I forgot but she said the, the story of the um police killing in 68 and just seeing how visceral it still was for her and how how present it still was for her it, it makes me think of, of how deep mike brown and and rakia and, and ronnie man still are for me on like you know a visceral level and knowing that like that never goes away and maybe i don't i won't continue to have the same relationship to like this tragedies that is, i'm assuming will continue because uh, prisons aren't gonna police aren't gonna be abolished tomorrow um yeah just seeing that that humanity and that struggle for real for real uh yeah. what, what, what's, what's big for me what, what's been sticking out for you so particularly since you you know shout out behind the curtains like you know you're the one that like you bring a level of artistry to to how the audio is synced and you know bringing in the sound effects, so you you're listening with a different ear and, and studying it with a different ear. So I'm I'm really interested how it's how it's playing in, in your mind. So I mean, in some ways, I felt better about it uh, 
after doing the editing, not just because it sounded better, but like the the emotions after we actually did it live were really complex. Like I was like elated and my adrenaline was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then like it crashed and my legs felt crazy sore and like <laughs> just like this. I was definitely sore. <laughs> <laughs> um but once I actually like had completed it and it was like ready to go to the world, I was so excited. Um I did have to like debate like, am I really gonna put like morning radio drops in an Angela Davis interview? <laughs> and yes I did. <laughs> Um, and I felt to that point, like even in the interview, one of the things I'm proudest of is that we were definitely pretty geeked and excited and nervous, but we were so us. Um, and in many ways, like there were a lot of parts of the conversation that we weren't even really asking her to share like brilliant new things. It was just like, here's what we've been talking about. Here's the conversation that's been happening. Like, what do you want to contribute to this conversation about this? And um, it was so, yeah, it was so, it was so fun to hear like things that we've talked about and sentences that have been said, not just by us, but by other guests, like being repeated and not because it was like a repetitive idea, but because like, this is not just her. And then she named that. She was like, I, everything that I've done, every idea I've come up with, every word I've written was built collectively. Um, and this this was like the core struggle for me. I don't mean that's wrong, but no, no, finish your point, finish your point. And so, it, hearing that and feeling like you know, in this very extended way, we're part of that collective and all the people we named and brought in, and uh, and not just in the abstract, but in like the people who we have created with, created with her, and there's this line lineage there and like connection, yeah. I've interviewed quote like famous people before and what was so odd about it was that I felt so different from them, like disconnected from their lives. And once we were talking, it was like, Oh no, like, yes, that she is this whole other place. And I'm not saying that we're in the same place, but it felt, I didn't feel disconnected and I felt comfortable once we were talking. No, one of the things we we were joking about and like some we kind of wanted to ask, but, didn't have time for um she's not really famous i mean she's famous but she's not just famous she's historical and like her life has been historical for most of her life and i wanted to actually get her to like kind of wrestle with that a little bit more um but the thing that, that you said and this is actually um something that that is a, a larger pattern I, you know i not i like i said i've studied angela a lot uh, but also, you know, there's similarities. And I think how Miriam, Mary Cobble, shout out, she was part of the interview in like how we frame things. Miriam, Barbara, um, the way that they move, like ideally they move in this like collective spirit and like don't want to take individual accolade. But a big part of what our show is, and I think what like the, the historical record needs is like to recognize the singular contributions particularly of black women. Uh, and so like, that's like a weird thing. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to like gas you up and like really explain your significance, not just to you, but like to a listening audience. Yeah. Uh, but I know you're not going to really be able to like sit and you're going to like always do the, yeah, well, it's collective. And um... <laughs> well, the thing that Miriam said in response to that, when we had her on the second time or whatever, mm-hmm. the most recent time mm-hmm. was she was like, I'll, I'll accept if people want to claim my significance, I'm not going to disagree, but it's important that I not be the one who posits that's right. right, right. It's just true. So you don't have to pretend that you're not important. (laughs) You just don't have to be the one going, I'm important. Um, And, and I think that's like a, the, even like the discomfort of being able to accept that is something that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I think especially um, like people have been, and especially black women have been doing this work for a really long time. Um, and, and and we didn't just just give gas, we asked questions too. Mm-hmm. Which was, mm-hmm. The other thing that uh, really stuck with me was um, the moment that we started with talking about her this summer with the fist in the air mm-hmm. and hearing her talk about 
the relationship to that union, uh, the Longshoremen's Union mm -hmm. in Oakland over decades. And talking about like, she had maintained this connection. And you think about how many thousands of people have come through that union in that work. She's built relationship with and pushed them and they pushed her and brought other people who don't know any longshoremen <laughs> into conversation with. Um, that was so cool to hear her be like, and this was this culmination in that way of like, you know, decades and decades of making things together. Yeah, one thing I was I was surprised by was how significant she said Occupy felt at the time. Mm -hmm. Is you know particularly because you know Occupy predates me being like active. I was aware obviously how big it was. Like I agree, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, and I know that it is certainly like you know a lot of the tactics and some of the chants you know that BLM kind of moved with. A lot of that, you know, was built in that Occupy moment. But but hearing her say that like 2020 felt like what they thought Occupy was, and that like connecting to this like larger thing that we had throughout the conversation. Wait, you like, said 2020 felt like that? Yeah, yeah. Right in 2011, they said they felt like this was the revolution, and like she said, oh, we were like nine years too early. <laughs> um, and so to, you know, so one to to hear that like even she gets excited or gassed up or like. But, but then to hear like this nine year ago thing while we're trying to connect back to this like 50 year ago essence. Um, and yeah, just like how in her, in her body, she, she transcends or embodies so much time or so many times and so much space. I really wish we would have been able to talk to her much more about like how she sees her position, particularly on a global scale. Cause that's what I've seen her do the most is like go and talk to the world about the black radical tradition and come back and tell us about what's happening around the world and like how intentional she is about that. And so we didn't get to get a lot of the space, but did get to get to hear her talk through time of how like what was happening in 96 is connected to 2011 is connected to this month is connected to 72. Um, and that's kind of what we've been trying to say. And like, she's lived it. So that shit was wrong. Yeah, I'm trying to, it was almost a little surprising. There weren't that many, other than the like prison industrial complex language being kind of a gateway into abolition intentionally for people. There weren't that many things that like I'd never heard anyone say before. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit to, like we've been joking about these uh, this Prince thing of like, we always thought that Prince just sounded like the 80s, but it turned out that the 80s just sounded like Prince. <laughs> there's a lot of that here. Like, there's a lot of things that I'd be like, well, I've heard someone say that before, but they heard it from her, <laughs> you know, or, or, or her writing or, or her work. Um, yeah, was there anything to you that stood out as a like, and I don't, I don't even know why that was like surprising to me because maybe there's, that's some like pedestal making that I did of like, she's going to come with like, all these gems and these like brand new things on that just gonna blow my mind. Um, as opposed to like, uh, like what was more powerful in reality was like the reinforcement of like, yes, yeah. based on this experience, this is what we need to be prioritizing as we move forward. Yeah, I really felt that. Um, so I asked a question about, and I keep asking it, and it was kind of cause it was condensed, like I wasn't able to still get through all of it. But um, I'm really wanting folks to be able to like strategize and see the patterns of internal conflict in spaces that are aiming to be collective. I think it's much deeper than we give credit to. And I feel like it's like a sub history in all of these texts that has not been connected. Well, I guess that's one thing. I guess I gotta write a fucking book. But um, <laughs> so I asked that question and trying to connect like interpersonal conflict to like structural, you know, political conflict. Um, and like, what are the strategies she sees? And so seeing her name fumbling through repair and the creative interventions toolkit was really affirming to your point of like, there is no pedestal and we're not looking for somebody to be out ahead of us. So to hear the elders say like, yeah, the thing that people who are young to me, right? Like Barbara and Miriam are, are young to her <laughs> and Robin, um, like the youngins are, I'm following this lead as well. Um, and so that's really affirming and like there is we're on the right track um, and I think having that 60 years of experience embodied and personified and so um, still present and and, and um, man captivating uh, really helped like affirm 
what we've been trying to do. Because like, you know, for people who haven't been listening since Jump, this, this project has been, we're trying to create an archive. Um, and a lot of it came from like listening to Angela Davis shit from the seventies and realizing that like, not everyone is as documented as Angela is. And so I use Fred Hampton as an example of like, there's barely an hour of audio of him on the internet. Um, and so wanting to make sure that we had this whole historical movement that might not be being legible to like a mainstream platform that we create a, a discourse and a container for what was happening these last five years. And so to be able to put her in conversation with that conversation, for me, is just so affirming for so many people we've had on. Um, and so yeah, that's one of my like cocky things I was saying, like for the guests, like now you could say he was on the show that Angela Davis was on. <laughs> There's like 200 other people that can really flex if they wanted to. <laughs> and to that last thing you were saying, I mean, the how explicitly she named that the like recognition of internal conflict and like personal conflict and harm being part of the work that like that wasn't on the table for her coming into movement. Like what she said, I can't remember, it was like we were expected to like leave all that outdoor and like just be revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. And crediting like that being a generational shift and something that people have worked toward uh, to have that be part that like if there's harm happening in activist spaces, like we're not gonna just keep that private as like it doesn't mean you publicize it, but it's part of the work. Right. Um, and so it makes sense that nobody really has an answer for how to resolve conflict because a lot of times they didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's less, and we get off this point, I'm less asking how do we fix it or resolve it, but can we name some of the regularly recurring patterns mm-hmm. that are transcending spaces, ideology, decade? Um, because I, I feel it, but like I still, I'm not a historian, so I don't know how to like say it. Not yet. Yeah. I'm a fake, I'm a fake a bunch of things. So is everybody. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Shout out to <laughs> So do you want to talk a little bit about putting like the putting it together? Like the pre yeah. before we talked? Yeah. 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 So I'm you know, we have this whole oh, you go ahead. You start. <laughs> I mean, we're just not typical preparers for an interview. We've done, you know, two hundred and seventy episodes now. We probably actively talked about what we we're going to talk about beforehand, maybe five, maybe ten times. That's uh, a little low. That's a little low. But it would be like one conversation when they were like walking in the door. It wasn't like like, <laughs> yeah, but they're like building notes together, building a fork right, together. Right. We don't really do that. That's fair, and it's weird because like in the times I've tried, it's actually made me less comfortable. And so part of it was like trying to uh, validate my laziness, but another part of it was like, you know, the art of conversation and jazz and like being an active listener, responding and being present in the moment is like, you know, wh- where the stuff comes from. Um, but if you're about, if it's jazz and you're about to play with Charlie Parker, you practice. <laughs> you practice, you know what I'm saying? You might know the licks that, you, that you're about to hit. And so, um, yeah, I was freaking out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and actually it's weird. Part of why I don't is because practice is not my, like, in other types of performance, I do pretty poorly in, like, rehearsal. And, like, I'm a big, like, on-stage type of guy. And so it was actually, like, stressing me out more because it was hard for me to, like, say my questions to you. Uh, uh, Yeah, I I was stressing out. (laughs) Because there's honestly, right, like, there's no, and I was trying not to overdo this, but if I put it out, um, there's no more significant living figure for me um, <laughs> in totality, right? Like when you, when you aim it all together. Um, and so it was like, yeah, like, like talking to, to my Pope. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so like, it was, it, was, it was stressful for a second of like, I wanna be, cause to the point of harm and conflict, like I'm always still dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, and so I had been kind of drained for a few days going into it and I was really scared about being like too emotionally exhausted to show up fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in trying to prepare and wanting this to be the perfect thing and like a conversation like she's never had before in her life and she's had a million conversations, I was definitely stressing myself out. And what's up to all the people that are joining? I'm seeing people. Oh, yeah. School, I'm seeing like other media platforms coming in and coming out. We definitely appreciate the, 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 the love and, and 
the support. And that's been a good thing too, is feeling the response to people. But we go back to, to the prep. Actually, I want to talk about the Pope for a second. Can we talk okay. about the Pope? The, the West Side Pope or the Pope from the Vatican? Like you know that uh, reference, the, the West Side, the Pope from the West Side. No, who's the Pope from the West Side? In the, <laughs> in the late, late, probably early two thousands, on like access cable <laughs> news, there would be like these like foot working juke party like expert, and the Pope was like the the Pope of, of foot working and juke music from like two thousand, <laughs> probably four to like two thousand eight, and like. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of like twenty something year old South and West Siders that if you say the Pope, they are not thinking about the Roman Catholic Church, <laughs> like at all. Amazing, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so to go to the I don't know about original Pope, but the the East Side Pope. <laughs> yes, you hit it. Um, I just there was just a picture today of him receiving an Atlanta Hawks jersey that was hilarious. <laughs> He's just like not quite sure what to do with it, and then he blesses the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a more half-assed blessing of a thing in my life. So that's my that's my Pope uh, diversion. Um, but to the prep thing, and just the like nervousness beforehand. You know, we've done some like live shows where I felt that, but I've definitely never felt anything like that for uh, just like a regular interview. And I definitely would have been more nervous if we were in like the same physical place as her, because the waiting would have been harder. But it took me a while to figure out, like, like for when we booked the interview back in November, I was like, well, and I would say this a lot, I don't know what I'm going to ask her. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, I was stressing, it was like, I have four hours of questions. I don't know <laughs> which of these I'm going to ask her. Which is honestly not that different from our usual style. Which, <laughs> like, we have a great project idea. It gets approved. I go, I don't know what this is going to look like. You go, we can do all this. And I go, all right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's typically how it goes. Um, and I wasn't worried. I, you know, I feel like we know what we're doing. But, you know, so just to give a backstory on how this happened a little bit. I, you know, we don't talk a lot about the behind the scenes of how the show runs. But so over the summer, uh, we presented this abolition suite. So it was a suite of episodes talking about abolition in the midst of uprising. And, um, you know, and trying to think about who are the people that we would want to talk to. Uh, about that, who would be the people who would have something to say, one that we don't know, um, but also just like, not even experts, because I don't really believe in expertise, but like authority and experience and people who like, really know their shit about this and are not reading about it for the first or second or third time, like damn near everybody is, including us to some degree. Um, and so obviously she was on the list, but she was also doing, <laughs> Danica, you just made me laugh. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but she did like 8 million interviews this summer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like her press list was crazy. Um, and so we had had, you know, I did my, I'm a fan of a, of a random reach out. I've sent many a cold email in my day and several of them paid off. So I'm, I'm just going to keep doing that. Um, but obviously, you know, with someone in her position with that many, it's just not going to happen. Um, and then when we had Robin DG Kelly on, uh, we kind of shamelessly asked him after the interview if, do you remember exactly how it went? Like if he'd be willing to connect us? And we like never do that. Yeah, Almost but I, I, I knew to ask him to ask her, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So that's one of the, the like, the, I think to the tricks of the trade, like we're doing, we're doing behind the scenes, like a big part of how we saw the show. Um, and I think how we've like gotten in some of the, the more difficult spaces or access um, it's through the relationships of the people we've had on the show. And so it started very much with just like trying to document a community. And then it got to a point of like having relationships with the po folks we've talked to and going deep into their lives and like asking them to, to help us be in conversation with other, other folks. And so the OGs are like the best of that. And like, we got to almost give like a producer credit. So Barbara Ransby has like, is like responsible for like a third of the cool things that have happened in my life over the last seven years. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, my relationship with Robin Kelly is like one of those things. 
Um, and so I knew that he had respect for us and for the space and had been checking us out for the last few years. And he owed us a couple favors. He <laughs> <laughs> did not respond to several books. That makes me feel so much better, actually, about asking him that he explicitly owed us multiple favors. <laughs> there, were, there were a couple like, yeah, come to campus. We have this budget. And then it didn't happen. So that, that makes me feel much better. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. And so, you know, definitely shout out uh, Robin DJ Kelly. And go check out the Abolition Suite, uh, you know, which was even personally really important because um, at that time, like, I'm still trying to figure out how to, like, contextualize it. I was dealing with injury from policing, from saying abolish the police in ways that are still, like, reshaping me. Um, and so being able to like talk about it and talk about ending it with like the people that had the best grasp on this concept uh, was really helpful. And so that I think actually changed probably some of our audience as well. I think it, it really um, had an impact and in doing that, that helped create the space of even us feeling comfortable like we should be talking to Angela Davis, the other person who's still out in the ether, and, I, and I'll say it just to like try to manifest that. And if, if we can't talk to her, somebody should and have already. It's Ruth Wilson Gilmore. I just want to like shout out my my triangle of, of abolitionist uh, teachers. You want, a, you want a real good Ruth Wilson Gilmore behind the scenes podcast producer story? But, yep. So she also, I think that actually was off a cold email. Maybe it was an intro. Well, that, was, that was a B-Rans. That's that was B-Rans. a B-Rans intro? Shout out to associate producer B-Rans. Uh, co-executive producer. I can have a bumper time to associate. Um, but so we were in touch. Or she gave me the email. I reached out and I addressed it to Ruth. Uh, or no, I think at first I addressed it to like whatever, Professor Gilmore. And then she responded but didn't give a signature. And then I said, or she's, and I don't remember exactly what she said. And then I said, hi, Ruth, in my response, would you be open to these dates? And she was like, uh, never call me Ruth again. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. You didn't tell me that. But she wanted to be called Ruthie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't like a call me professor. It was like, <laughs> call me Ruthie, not Ruthie. Yes, Ruthie. She and is. he has not responded to our email since. <laughs> You roofed your way out of there. <laughs> you feel asshole somewhere. I just—I feel like I don't know this woman. I calling her Ruthie feels like very intimate. <laughs> but you know, when keeping it real goes wrong, I suppose. So that may that may happen at some point. But she's also on like Portugal. She lives in Portugal, so she's yeah. on like a Portuguese schedule. Um, which, which is super abolitionist. We could just why not live in Portugal? <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, this was definitely, and so basically, so we reached out then, she was too booked, but her assistant, uh, so shout out, also, I don't think she'll ever hear this, but Cassandra, her assistant, was so helpful, so on top of their shit, the communication, everything was so easy for this, um, said circle back down the line, so I reached back out in November, and they were like, yeah, can you do January? It was like, and like I said, I've interviewed like famous artists and stuff, and there's always like a headache of the timing and this, this was like, oh man, turns out famous organizer, Angela Davis, very well organized. Like, <laughs> this was like Large smooth, shit. easy. She, she knew how to Zoom, she knew how to record. Yeah, the audio, right? Like everything was, was perfect. <laughs> Which is something I wanted to, I wanted to ask more about like generationalism and aging. Um, I, I was really curious about like how she sees the like cliche of there's there's always going to be a generational clash and like the old are inherently conservative and like how that clashes against like her position as like a radical elder but i'm sure she would have said something something interesting or, or talked about somebody uh i didn't know there was one thing you just said that um oh so one of the things i really it's not i was about to give you credit for this this nothing you just said made me think about what I'm about to say. <laughs> I was just trying to act like it was we do that on the show. The point, all the time. you know how many times I said to that point, and then yeah. nothing to do with the point. Like, oh wow, I really appreciate that. The way you're saying that makes me think of. <laughs> it's like, did nah, not make me think of that. Full of shit. This is what I wanted to say. <laughs> but one of the things that I um, that, but it is a question I want to ask is is about popular education. 
Um, and so, you know, we think a lot about popular culture in the sense of like artistic performance. Um, but, you know, what I was really trying to ground in my personal story is the way in which you've moved in the world from like the day I started taking education seriously. Um, you have shaped the, 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 the landscape of how I understand my structural reality. Um, and I think she's done that for millions of people. Mm-hmm. And that's like a, 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 a tradition I'm trying to see myself in. Um, and I don't think it's a space that's like readily defined for people. as like, how do we, and I think that this is what we're trying to document on the show, like create the classroom outside of the school. Um, and so then, you know, you may be a professor that are in, that is in a, a school room or does a course, uh, but really she's used the world and the landscape uh, um, as, as a, as a classroom. And that's what I hoped people like were hearing is like, this has been a lifetime of education done in a popular form. That's much more accessible than like writing a whole bunch of dissertations. Yeah. Yeah. And she's both like done that as a teacher, but also as a learner. Right. And she was so explicit about like, all the ways and that she's like grateful to learn from people, which I thought was even more so than like, I'm humble. It's like, no, that's actually like, if that's how you're walking through the world in this work, it, it helps a lot. I think, um, this was something that I was thinking about is like, so obviously we had her as a guest. And then of course my dream is like, well, why don't we get to make a podcast together? And like, she says, <laughs> um, which we're not pitching, but <laughs> If you could do, she should have a podcast though. If you could, if you could co-produce slash go with any podcast with Angela Davis, what would it be? Like, what would be the format? What would it be? Like the theme? Yeah, what would it be about? I can answer if you need a second, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of obsolescence. I, that that would be the. I think her text that that touches me the most is our prison's obsolete because it's so clear and it's such a, a good like peek behind the curtain of history and philosophy while like getting to a very quick point um, and such a great tool. And the idea of this of obsolescence as opposed to like overthrow or, or destruction being what ab- abolition kind of is mm-hmm. perpetuated. I would love for her to like use that framework for like what else is obsolete. Yeah, that's, that's my first thought just off, off the top. Obsolete with Angela Davis? Like, like that's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd want to do, and this is just personally, there's like no figure or very, very few figures in the um, story of Black Palestinian solidarity that are more at the forefront of shaping even what that looks like in this country uh, than her. I said Palestine, if really, but, um, but yeah, I just think, and not even really like about the, the specifics of the conflict and the harm and the and the fight, but just like telling the story of, of that solidarity movement in a way that's more nuanced that gets told because and we, we've touched on it in different interviews over the years, but it's so vibrant and so kind of dehistoricized. Um, it's so much about like, well, they're doing the same thing here as there, as opposed to understanding like, I think if we knew that history better, it would help us understand the way that solidarity has worked in anti-colonial struggles all over the global South. Um, and I did, I never learned that history. Um, and that's just me personally, but I also think like in learning that solidarity, we don't learn about like exactly what happened in the US in relation to South Africa or in relation to all of the other countries in Africa that had solidarity movements here in support of their independence. So um, I just think she would be such a like font of, of information about the specifics of what that fight has looked like over the years. Um, That's a really good idea. Well, I don't think she's tuned into our live. <laughs> so I might have to write an email, but I, yeah, one favor at a time. No, that was a really good idea. Um, you know what I was really proud of? And it wasn't like an, an explicit intention, uh, but it kind of was a desire. To f- the fact that we didn't talk about the Capitol and the insurrection or really Trump too much at all. And I feel like we're one of the few places where that would have been so for her. That, that's something I see her do, you know, like kind of democracy now and a few other places. It's like something's happening. Let's hear what we want to hear said from the mouth of Angela Davis and be a pundit right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like 
inviting her to go beyond punditry. Um, and yeah, not even like touching in that space and having to like process something that is still happening and isn't even like fully solidified yet. Um, and I think that's, you know, for folks who don't know, like that's because we have this long-term historical view of, of the show and our conversations and wanting to imagine people listening to it years from now as opposed to like the click of the of the, the social media cycle. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was one thing that I felt was super smart. It's also like, like what are we going to ask? It's like, so this is white supremacy rearing its ugly head. We all agree that that's like there wasn't when you when there's when the, there's an agreed upon premise of what that is, other than just like the shock value of the images, like it doesn't feel like there's really a need for a nuance. Like the nuanced back and forths that are happening feel like they're in bad faith right now. Like we know what that is, and so yeah, I don't even know really know what I would ask. And when 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 they stormed it, that was my thought was like, oh my god, I can't believe I get to talk to Angela Davis to help understand and put this in context. And then the more I thought about it, I was like. It's in context. There's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty, there's a pretty clear context. I would have liked to use the moment if I was going to touch on it to pull out um, the the I think unspoken connection between fascism and police organizing. Like not just that, like on large, uh, you know, locking up ten million niggas a year is fascism. <laughs> um, uh, but in like not just the fact that like cops be Nazis, like it's a lot of them that are Nazis, but like the way in which the actual like message boards that we now see that stormed the Capitol, that was fostered for generations within police organizing communities. Um, and I would have loved to get some of her perspective, particularly in the low times, like during the 80s and 90s, um, kind of that post-Vietnam plan Nazi up uptick that was happening um because because asada's autobiography really like opened me up to that yeah can you well, remind me what that story was it was something she saw when she was in jail so i remembered it i just yeah yeah yeah, that no, you just folks. yeah yeah no that's that's good good work um so you know asada shakur was accused of killing a police officer which like the forensic evidence show was like in, impossible because she had been shot by the cops in a way where she was not able to even return fire if that was her desire. But she, there had been these big smear campaigns. And so she was like the one of the most wanted terrorists at the time, which is why this terrorism framework is, is, is really scaring me right now. Um, and so the, the, you know, she was set up in a horrible way and therefore she was like a really coveted prisoner, but she was hospitalized because she had been shot a bunch of times before she could, you know, be formally incarcerated. Um, and so she was being guarded illegally in ways that were like preventing medical assistance by the cops and during like the night shifts and when the doctors weren't around, they would like do shifts for their lieutenants with Nazi salutes. So what she was saying is like the entire New Jersey police infrastructure was a covert, you know, Nazi eye space and, and they would intentionally show her when no one was around to like makes the horror of the torture of like, they were like poking at her wounds when no one was around. Um, and so her and George Jackson book both like made these points of like behind these closed doors, the state agents reveal themselves as like pro Hitler fascists. Um, and like, it was really chilling. And it was like nine or so months, I think before the Trump campaign really picked up in the Republican primary that I read that. And so I was, I would love to have gotten like her pulling that out a little bit more deeper as somebody who's been on the FBI's top 10 most wanted and what that, you know, would mean uh, to her um, in terms of seeing it now. Now they got Twitter <laughs> and like said, fuck the hiding and like just came to, to the halls of power. Uh, that would have been my question. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? We've said a bunch of things that you wish you could have asked. But is there like one thing, I feel like we asked what we knew we could ask also and we like created a format for it. But yeah, is there anything that you still feel really curious about? I, I still feel really curious about like, just like her, and this is why I didn't ask about it because I think like it's, a, it's private, but like what we've done with a lot of people is get to a place of introspection. Um, 
And that's usually harder to do with people who are a little older, and it's harder to do with people who have been interviewed a lot of times. And she gave little glimpses of it, but, um, and usually it's like around an hour 15 that that starts to crack. Right, right. Um, but yeah, just some of this, like, like, what is your, you know, what are the five albums you're listening to? Who do you watch? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking afterwards, I was like, man, I wonder what she's doing right now. And I was like, she might be like watching TV. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing that, 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 to that, like more introspection, um, I would have wanted to give her space to both critique her positionality um, and also talk about the like burden of it. Um, so I will, she does a very good job of like uh, embodying the responsibility. And then she'll talk about like how, you know, people put bigger things onto her than she really is. And like what icon iconography does. And like, I've heard her talk about that, but I would love to talk about like, you know, you are still a very prominent leader and like the thing that we do is critique leadership. Uh, and you are like an activist celebrity, which is a tenuous thing to like be in. Uh, and I know that shit sucks. And that's like be really hard. Is it, you know, she always talks about the courage and the sustainability and like we had to keep going. I would have loved to make the space for her to like sigh on that a little yeah. bit. But yeah, we haven't earned that type of vulnerability. Um, uh, definitely, we've both said it already, but like the global aspect and definitely like the Palestinian stuff. Uh, the other thing I would have liked, um, so like similar to her, there's, you know, there's this, this cast of folks that I idolize and maybe even in that dehumanize. And I would love to like give her the space to kind of like, <laughs> kind of like talk some shit about her damn homies. <laughs> we did have, so at the end of the interview, for those who haven't heard it, we ask her like, what's the person that comes to mind about three people who are like wonderful, quote, you know, some of the, like Mir it's Miriam, Robin Kelly, and Barbara Ransby. But there were other names on that list. And when we framed the question before we told her who the names were going to be, I like saw in her eyes, like, oh no, like who are they about to make me talk about right now? <laughs> so yeah, you know, I mean, one outside of the joke, like one agents of the state, you know, I think there's a lot of like COINTELPRO stuff that gets shrunk to J. Edgar Hoover as like a maniac. And I think like distributing some of that accountability. Uh, but two, I think on like, on a serious note, like from her feminist position, talking a little bit more about the like hyper patriarchal leaders um, and, and some of the like limitations, you know, she saw that. So, yeah, I mean, she started with Frederick Douglass. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, you know, to talk about Margaret, you know, talk about Huey and Stokely and Eldridge and, you know, all, you know, just the whole landscape. I, that's the thing I would like to like sip some wine with her about and like really be able to soak up people's real strengths and limitations that's not like in the documentaries yeah well and i think understanding the limitations not just from a talking shit perspective but from a like one what can we learn and how does that like actually draw us closer the same way like when you know people's flaws you feel like you can see their humanity more um this is a pretty thorough debrief. Is there anything yeah. else you want to you ask about or talk about in relation to... I mean, it was just so fucking exciting and really appreciate all the people who have listened and shared. It's obviously... Like, we knew this would do do numbers in relation to our, our regular episodes, but it's really been really cool to see some of the people who are within our community being excited for us, which... Uh, yeah. With us, which was the hope, because it is, you know... it's. I was just... in before doing this just like scrolling through the feed and just like looking at all the like high res images and, <laughs> and audiograms of people. And it's like, you know, a really proud stream and a, a great microcosm of a microcosm of, of something that's really cool. Um, and so yeah, just proud to again, put, put our conversation with all of the people. So if you're still watching this and like you got in the flow and saw this, I just really encourage folks to like go back no pun intended, and like check out, you know, check out the folks we talked to. Um, yeah, but there was one other thing I, I just was about to say, but this is this is cool too. We haven't we've never done anything like this before. So what up, Irv? Well, boy. <laughs> um, well, I think my pizza is almost here. True. true, true, true. Checking if the pizza's here. She's gonna check. Shout out to Rizzy. Um <laughs> But I think the last thing that I was wondering, so like, obviously she's been on our dream guest list forever. Um, 
and didn't think this was ever attainable. Who who's still on your list? Yeah, Lee Ruthie. Uh, just to keep it, you know, keep it on brand. But like the the like things that still feel unattainable um, is you know Kendrick Lamar would, would would be crazy, and we are a hip hop show as well, and so like to like validate some of that, um, and that you know this seems possible, but like. You got to be careful what you ask. Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates definitely would, would be is, is somebody I really want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a big two. This is maybe a little bit easier, but still very hard. Uh, I really want to have Hannibal Burris on the show. <laughs> yeah. It just seems <laughs> so correct, and it's crazy it doesn't happen. Um, yeah, and then there are, like, some, like... You can't say no now, though, like... He's not bigger than <laughs> You think we can start using this as a booking tool like that? Oh, hell yeah. You're I think like, it's going to be a silhouette of Reggie Davis anytime. That's I our logo. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what keeps happening and, and keeps growing. And folks, like Damon said, please keep sharing the episode and, and also go back in the archives. There's so many people doing amazing work uh, that we've had the great honor and privilege of talking to. And I think just on so many levels, I just feel so privileged to have been able to have this time with her. Like one, not a thing I ever thought I'd have. And two, like not, not a given that uh, like people would support us to the point in our community that we would get to have that conversation. So, so deeply grateful and humbled. Yeah. No, it was intense. Cause I, I met her before in an intimate situation. I was like wild and I was tripping and sipping some of the people. People met a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, there, there were other people there, right? So that you went on a cruise with Cisco. I mean, <laughs> shout out, boys! <laughs> I can't wait to tell that story. Uh, but but to have her undivided attention, um, and it, um, for all the office fans out there, it was like Dwight, like you can't handle it. <laughs> like like it was just like the pressure, like wow, like you're only talking to us right now, and that's like that's we really don't fully deserve this, uh, but we're here, we've earned it. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, just that moment, I, I know you posted on your story of like, you know, in Zoom, there's, there's the waiting room. And then like before, you know, the, the mic and the camera turns on, it's just like a black screen with the name. And so just like sitting there, which, you know, I'm stressing out and trying to get my light in right and trying to look cute. And just like Angela Davis is here, you know, that was, yeah, yeah, it's, it's still, it still was a surreal moment. Eve, uh, Eve texted me. She's like, you kept Angela Davis in the waiting room? <laughs> like, not for long. <laughs> oh, so yeah, man. It, it was, this was cool. This was, this was one of those moments. This is like, you know, getting your jersey signed. You know, yeah, it's be, being front row, catching, catching the home run. Exactly. Uh, type of feel. It's definitely something like childlike of there's not many things that I don't like that you can get like giddy and overjoyed. But at least for me, I'd be, I'd be prickly and cynical as fuck. <laughs> yeah, one, of the, one of the things you've gained so much in the time we've known each other, I would say your, your giddiness has decreased. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a, what if I, it pops up from time to time. It pops up from time to time. Um, all right. It's also hilarious that we decided to match without talking about it. Right now. No, you're you're blue, right? This was a black t-shirt that has Okay. Had. Well, you know, black tea gang. There you go. And I think we can we can leave it there. Yeah. yeah. Thanks people for, for, for chilling with us on a Friday evening and yeah. debriefing. And maybe we'll do maybe we'll do more of these and talk about shit together. Yeah. yeah. Grow the audience engagement. Absolutely. All that delicious. <laughs> All right, my guy. Great job. Proud to make this thing with you. Great use of your platform, sir. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Yep.